Hey, everybody. Welcome. You're listening to the Lead, Build, Live podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lead, Build, Live leadership podcast, the podcast with practical conversations about leadership that help you lead well, build teams and healthy organizations, and live a life that matters. I'm Rob. I'm here with the giant leadership brain that is Larry. <laughs> Larry, in Denver this week, we had something amazing. This something was all over national news, local news. Mm. It was called a bomb cyclone. Yeah. How does that make you feel? I got to be really honest. I got excited about it only because we had one just a, what, a month or two ago. And it was a big deal. I spent seven years in Chicago. And so bad snowstorms just seem to happen on a regular basis. So it seemed like not a big deal. So the last time they were calling for this bomb cyclone, I thought, oh, yeah, right. Well, we actually did have a ton of snow. We did. We lost power. I mean, it was it was uh, tons of people stranded. It was a big deal. And, uh, and so I went, wow, okay. So when they say bomb cyclone, these guys aren't messing around. So they said that again this time. And so we closed some of our organizations early. People went home early. Uh, and we were expecting the worst again. My wife and I went out that night for dinner and nobody was on the road, it, but it wasn't, it was just like, you know, a little bit of snow here and there. I understand <laughs> that away from us, maybe they had more snow, but it seems so dinky compared to what I thought. So I actually loved it because yeah. I was able, I went out and got a massage. I went out and have a nice meal. And there was like two people <laughs> it was in the whole of, city that were out. So it was very convenient for me. It was barely even a grenade cyclone, let yeah. alone a bomb cyclone. That's right. It was more of a black cat sized cyclone, if, <laughs> if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. so. and, and you know, maybe we should call them more often because it's a great time to shop and go out for dinner and totally. get a massage. <laughs> very convenient. You know, just kind of clears out the palate. Everybody goes home. Totally. Yeah. So that oh, was a man. dud. But yeah, who's a dud? Hey, uh, Larry, you're my partner here at Lead, Build, Live, and you are the instructor of a new course called Aligning Conversations. Mm -hmm. We typically interview guests about their area of expertise, but I pushed for a chance to interview you on this topic. Yes, you did. So Aligning Conversations, it's so transformative to leadership. For a ninja, this would be like mastering invisibility or <laughs> knife throwing. Okay. That's so, a great analogy. So, Larry. So, we, we should have made that a bonus part of the course then. Like, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Like part of the workbook, a little knife throwing instruction. Yeah, right. That's or cool. invisibility instructions. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> I don't know what that would look like. Uh, we'll work on that. Okay. So, Larry, introduce yourself for our listeners. They might know you. They might not at this point. But let's uh, let's have you introduce yourself quick, and then we're going to dive into this conversation. Yeah, I'm Larry Boatwright. I am an old man in my 40s. Uh, been a leader since I was uh, 18 years old in a variety of different contexts in nonprofit, in church, in the business realm. And uh, I love leaders. I am a certified leadership coaching specialist, and I get to work um in a lot of different spheres of influence, which is a lot of fun. And I also right now uh, am in the building that I work uh, in my day job, which is working as an executive pastor at a church in the Denver area, which I love. Great. Having a great time. And I love working with you, Larry. This yeah. is such a fun podcast, and I'm glad that we get a chance to interview you. Um, the topic of aligning conversations, before we go into that, I just want to talk about hard conversations that mm -hmm. leaders get themselves into. So why is it so difficult for us humans to have hard conversations? Well, I think it, it comes down to, no matter who we are, even those people who say, I really don't care what anyone else thinks about me, uh, 
you really scrape away those layers, we really do care. We do care what other people think about of us about us. And so having hard conversations or having to talk to someone about something that may be uncomfortable or difficult, I think in the back of our minds, we're thinking, I don't want them to not like me. I don't want to hurt them. I I, uh, I want to make sure we're okay. And so I think that's why it's hard is because it's a tense moment. And I think we've also been conditioned to see the word conflict as a negative thing. You know, like it, it has to be a bad knockdown drag out. The goal is to be mad and yell at each other. When in reality, conflict is just a powerful tool for moving the ball down the field. And so there's this, mm. this story that we're telling ourselves that often gets in the way. Okay. So, and that's from the perspective of a leader that's having a conversation. But what about the perspective of people that are on the other side of that conversation? You know, what what situations do... Does a regular employee suddenly have their leader coming to them and saying, it is time for a hard conversation? You mean like what What? What? What are some examples of why they're having that conversation? Yeah, just, you know, what are the things we run into as leaders? You know, I think all of us at some point in our journey experience moments where we're just not performing to probably our own personal standards, but also the standards of our supervisor or the expectations that are put on us. So I think that's that might be a trigger for having to have sort of a difficult conversation. I think um, issues with peers, you know, we're humans and we all have different ideas and different personalities and different perspectives. And so when we work collaboratively on things, uh, opinions might be different and sometimes emotions swell up within those and there might be differences in opinion or just relational struggles. And I think that might be a reason why a leader might step in and ask to have a a hard conversation. Uh, I think another thing might be the, the challenge in leadership is to learn to lead and manage the people you're leading uh, and adapt to their wiring, their personality, those sorts of things. It can't just be a one size fits all. So sometimes that relationship is murky. It's not healthy. There's tension. And sometimes we don't even know what it is, but we can just sense something's something's not right. And we should dig into that to figure out what that is. So, so those might be those kind of things. Well, one other thing that I would just say, and, and the reason actually uh, why I like the term aligning conversations is that it pulls them back into alignment. It's assuming they're not in alignment with something. So maybe a right. relationship's not in alignment, their performance is not in alignment, or their understanding of their job description maybe is not in alignment. And all of those uh, at some point should trigger what sometimes can feel uh, a, to be a very hard conversation. Absolutely. I think as a leader, when you know you need that hard conversation, it's coming up. Mm-hmm. And we're going to dive more into that, of course. But you know, it's coming up. The first thing that I think about is how do I get some insight into what's going on with this person that I'm going to have the conversation with? So how does a leader mm. get some insight a little deeper into what's going on with this person before they go attempt or succeed at the hard conversation? Wow. That's a, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I, I think what you're saying is instead of going into the vacuum to address hard issue, how do you see what's actually surrounding the issue. And that can be difficult, especially if you're working with a, uh, a sort of stoic person who doesn't open up. But I think a couple of tools that a, a leader has in their arsenal would be just looking at the history of this person. What's their contribution to the organization been? What's their normal working style? Like, are they, are they, are the issues that are coming up that make you feel like you need to have a difficult conversation with them? Is this new or has this always been there? And usually it's something that either is brand new, um, or it's an issue that maybe has always been there, but it's becoming exacerbated for some reason. And I, I like to think as a leadership coach, one of the things I work with leaders around is when you're going through stress, 
when we do personality assessments and when it gives you sort of the nasty side, which is the part of a personality assessment we all hate to see, it might be little and we manage it really well, but under certain types of stress, whether it's stuff going on at home or in our heads or just trying to deal or process with things, the little things that aren't the best parts of our personality often get very loud. And so I think paying attention to that, are there issues going on that I've noticed outside of this performance issue or the, the alignment issue that seem different than they have in the past? So it's, it's, it's history. It's looking at their sort of track record. It's that correlation for, between environment change yeah. and then maybe performance change or exactly. environment change and relationship problems, et right. cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And so instead of just assuming that whatever this issue is, is just they're just not good. They're not doing a great job, whatever. It's trying to see what other factors that I might be aware of the best that I can might actually contribute to this. And there obviously are things that we can't see, like maybe they had a big fight with their spouse uh, the night before, or they've been fighting for weeks, or there's something going on medically or those things. Maybe we don't know those things. Those things, I think if you do a hard conversation well, they'll come out in the course of that conversation. Mm -hmm. But I think a good leader should be looking at everything they can to get as much information as they can from the from what surrounds this person and their performance and their attitudes and all those things to give them as much insight as they can before they step into a conversation like that. I love what you're saying too, because sometimes it's not about anything that's happening at work. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of important to know before stepping into the conversation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think how can you call yourself a good leader and not be interested in looking at this person as a whole human being? And I think that's a huge mistake that leaders make. I, I, because they're afraid to get too close to their, their colleagues or the people that work for them, I'm just going to be their boss. I'm just, just going to be their leader. But I think people want to be known and they deserve an opportunity to be seen as a whole human being. And so it's on us as leaders to grow and to not just to look at just whatever the issue is, but to, but to look beyond that and to seek to understand the whole picture. I love that. And we've talked about what I would just classify as hard conversations and, and they're hard, but you picked another term as you created this course yeah. and you'd like to talk about these conversations as aligning conversations. So what is the difference between a regular conversation and what you're defining as an aligning conversation? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you the definition of an aligning conversation in a second, but I think that at, the, at its fundamental level, the difference between what we might call just a hard conversation and an aligning conversation is that a hard conversation all too often is about us as the leader and the discomfort that we feel. Like person X isn't doing their job, sales weren't what they were supposed to be, they consistently are being rude or whatever, and I don't like it. And so thinking about it just like a hard conversation is this is gonna be a hard conversation because I'm gonna tell you all the stuff that I think is wrong. Whereas an aligning conversation has a, a deeper goal. And so I'm gonna go ahead and give you the definition of it. And I think that will explain why this is a better version of just a hard conversation that serves to just make me feel better about myself that I was able to get my frustration out. An aligning conversation, I define it as a conversation that serves to nudge, sometimes it's a little, or redirect in a big way, the path of someone you're leading so it's a conversation that helps redirect them and the path that they're on in order to help them perform in a way that increases their own and the organization's effectiveness. And so it's assuming that something is working against their own effectiveness or and or the organization's effectiveness. And so it's a conversation that that pulls them back into alignment with the direction that they should have been going the whole way. Now, they could have been going the wrong direction for a variety of reasons, but this, this conversation is 
is to redirect them to put them back on a path toward health and productivity. And I just love the word alignment as opposed to a corrective conversation totally. or a difficult conversation. You well, know, I mean, if just you say, even just to start by saying this is an aligning conversation. Yes, if you say we need to have a corrective conversation, that's inflammatory. It There's is. only a robot would not have a, a, in their chest go, oh, oh no, and they start bracing for. I'm being corrected. That doesn't feel good. But if I say I'm nudging you, I'm, I'm aligning you, I'm partnering with you to help you move back into alignment for your own good and for the, the good of those around you, that becomes a powerful conversation. Framing it the other way can be just a hurtful conversation. Absolutely. What, what the course has a whole number of steps and a great set of videos, details, workbooks, but can you cover just a couple of the key points in that course? Just tell us in general kind of what it's about. How, how do you get started with an aligning conversation? Mm. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we're committed to uh, from Lead, Build, Live is to be practical and not just to have sort of theoretical ideas, but these are tried and true things that I've learned the hard way from not doing these well. And yeah. most leaders don't do aligning conversations well. They mess them up for a whole variety of reasons. But over the years, I've been able to get better at this and try to standardize, like follow these these five steps. And, and I want to unpack all of those, but just to say that there is a process to follow. And one of the things I want to say up front is one of the biggest mistakes as a leader you can make if you need to have a conver uh, an aligning conversation is to not be ready, to not take the time and prepare for it. And, and one of the things I even say sometimes when I'm in a, um, a, a, a conversation with someone that's really important, I learned this from a, a former boss, was to say, you might see that I have notes in front of me, and I, know, I don't want you to be unnerved by that. I care so much about communicating well here for your benefit that I've taken the time to order my thoughts and write them down to keep us on track. So I want to stop you there for a second. When I was a younger leader, I feel like I had... I did the exact wrong thing in this regard. I had almost a reverse correlation. The more important something was to have a difficult conversation, the more important the situation, mm -hmm. the more likely I was to fire from the hip and try to have the conversation soon. Yeah. Because I was a bit afraid of it and I was a bit anxious about it. And I'm one of those, you know, if I'm not careful, I can be a bull in a china shop sort of, mm. man, I'm, I'm worried about this. So I'm just going to get it taken care of. Yeah. You know, wow. Uh, where were you, by the way, 15, 20 years ago when I was working through all this stuff? Well, I was working through it myself, making huge <laughs> mistakes 15 or 20 years okay, ago. fair enough. And to anyone that worked with me or for me in that time in my life, we're I just sorry. want to say we're sorry. We're sorry. Um, it is a process, but I would say this. I, I understand. I'm a leader myself. I have a number of people that I'm responsible to lead uh, in a variety of different organizations. And uh, I'm still having to work at this. So just because I wrote a course on it, shot videos and all this sort of stuff, I still don't get it right, but I will tell you this. I know our efficient brain as a leader often is like, well, I, I, to your point, like, well, we just have to address this. I'm going to get in there and address it now. I'm not saying it has to be a six-week prep process. It's, it's more like when you learn the proper way to do something, it takes you a little bit longer prep up front. But my hope is that you would learn these steps and then eventually it's like muscle memory. And even one of the things that we're providing uh, in the course is after you go through the process and you learn, the course helps you like learn all of the five steps to a healthy aligning conversation. It gives you worksheets to work, work through and all this. At the very end of it, one, one cool tool that we're giving is this one page sort of quick start. 
And that's for those moments, Rob, where you I've got it down. I understand the process. I don't have to go through the workbook. I don't necessarily have to watch all the videos and whatever. I've, I've learned it, it, but I need to have this conversation. But instead of just immediately walking over into someone's cube or their office or whatever it might be, I'm going to take 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and collect myself. And I'm going to write out the plan on this one page thing. I think that's great because it diffuses that side of us when we're frustrated, which often that's when aligning conversations, uh, it comes out of some kind of frustration, right? Yeah. If we don't take time to process that and we just shoot from the hip, sometimes our emotions can take over. So uh, there's, there's five parts of this. I'm just going to give you a couple. One of the things that I think leaders don't do well and I've coached a bunch of different leaders who keep having these conversations and I've asked them like, well, tell me how it went. And they do. And the whole time I'm going, you didn't actually say it that way, right? <laughs> like, oh, no, no, I said that. Uh, let's think of maybe another way to do it. One thing I see that's quite often missing from a conversation like this is to look beyond just the issue uh, and try to figure out what maybe is causing it. We talked about that. But beyond that, looking beyond the issue of what they're doing to seeing them as a, as a whole human being, as a person. And so not taking the time to, to pause and say, uh, this, is, this is who I see you to be. These are some things that uh, you have brought to the table. These are some things that you consistently do. So instead of just jumping right on into, this is, is not what's right uh, or what's not right, you jump into, let's celebrate you. Let's, let's be honest about you have brought a lot of good. Now, there's an area that we want to talk about. We want to shore it up. But if you, if you skip that step, you don't have equity to start poking and saying, here's what you're doing wrong. All it does is- So it critical. Yeah. And it makes people defensive and it makes them actually start tuning out what you have to say. So the first thing is just to celebrate them well. And we have some tools to help people do that. But I think it's it's a critical step that if, if you don't do that, number one, you lose- your authority to speak into their life. And number two, you can really hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you might not even know it, you know, I, I think that's the problem. I mean, I, I, and just to be clear, yes, I'm a, I'm trained as a leadership coach. I've been in leadership for a long time. I'm still, I still have that constant frustration where I go, I should be farther along in this. I still mess this thing up myself. And, uh, you know, it's funny, someone on my team recently came to me after they had been sort of the person in charge of a big event and came back afterward to do an after action review. And I, this person said to me, it, it hurt me afterward when I asked you what you thought and you didn't say anything positive. You immediately jumped into the 15 things that could have been done better. And it's not because you don't care. It's I do Because care. you're moving fast. Yes. You're moving fast and your mind is always on improvement. Yeah, I just want to make it better. But it doesn't mean that I don't want them to to feel appreciated. And I would just say it was my fault. I, I owned it and said, I'm really sorry about that. That I think I was thinking on to the next thing. Next time we do this, here's some corrective things because my brain's analyzing that. But this person deserved for me to stop and say, let me just tell you some amazing things you did. Here's here's why I admire you as a leader, the things that you did. And I just spaced. I I did not do a good job of that. And it wounded someone on my team. And I think when that happens, it does erode our credibility a little bit. So I think learning to learning a process is important because it's it's like it's like training, you know, in the military. You go into the military and you learn to do something the exact same way a thousand times. And then when you're in combat, you don't have to think about, now, what was it I was supposed to do? You've right. got to be able to- It's to, muscle memory. It's muscle memory, right. This is one of the pieces, I'm still trying to get this into muscle memory. And 
uh, and I had someone else on my team say something similar not that long ago. And it's it's forced me even to go back to the drawing board and go, wait a second, that first step of celebrating them well, I got to do a little more work to make that more automatic because it's really easy for me to point out what needs to be tweaked and fixed. And, and I'm good at that. But if you don't pair that with honoring them as a person and what they uniquely bring to the table, all they're going to hear is that they're not good enough. Which simply requires slowing down enough yeah. to look somebody's eyes and and value them and make them important in your mind and, and in your heart as mm. you have the conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. totally. So, so that's one thing. I, I think another thing is in shooting from the hip, it's really easy to walk into a conversation and respond to the emotion that we feel and not actually be really crystal clear about the thing or the things that they're not doing well. We do a better job in those situations just saying why we're frustrated, but that doesn't actually help. It's okay to say I'm frustrated, but if your kid come, if you, you know, we, we both have kids, Rob, and if we see something they're doing that needs to be improved, if we just come in and say, you're not doing it right, or I'm mad at you, or I'm frustrated, they're going to be exasperated because they're like, I don't even know what I'm doing wrong and I don't know how to improve it. And so the second thing I would say is you got to get really specific about what it is that they're not doing right. And in the moment, if you don't take even just five minutes to jot this down and to think it's it's this, usually it's not the thing that it's the first thing on the top of your mind. Usually when you have time to process it, you're able and to see it a little bit more to your point you realize here's actually what's out of alignment. Mm -hmm. So if you're not clear about what's in alignment, all you're going to do is frustrate them. They don't actually know what the mark is. And, you know, I had somebody tell me that one time. It it feels like some things are changing and I, I don't actually know what I'm being measured by. And at first I was frustrated by that. What do you mean you don't know, you know, what you're being measured by? But then I had to stop because I'm the leader and I looked at myself and went, no, 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 like, it's my responsibility to make sure they're crystal clear about what they're measured by. And if, and sometimes in, in these types of conversations, I've had to bite the bullet and say, you're out of alignment in this thing. Here's the mark. You're not meeting the mark. And then add on this layer of saying, but I'm going to own a piece of this and acknowledge I did not train you well, or uh. I didn't make it clear to you what the target was. And when people don't know what the target is, and then you come down on them for missing the target, it's your fault. Now, there are times that you've given them a very clear you know, idea of what the target is and they miss it. I think in this portion of the conversation, you have to be able to say, this is my expectation. Did you realize that was the expectation? Yes, okay, you're not meeting this expectation. Now let's talk about why and let's talk about some solutions to move out of it. I love that. I would add to it in my experiences that leaders are taught sometimes, I certainly was, to deal with ambiguity mm. as part of our role. Sure. We are the people in the organization that have to take the ambiguous, maybe it's the market, maybe it's the business environment, and we have to make it into a strategy or make it into a plan. Yeah. But the second we expect that from other people or assume that, that that's also their role or their strong suit, that's the first mistake. It's yeah. just you know taking our own personality and projecting it onto those that are part of our team. Absolutely. Now you might have some great strategists and you might have some people that are amazing at dealing with ambiguity, but some of the most intelligent people that I've worked with are engineers mm. that are heads down, highly organized, uh, practical people. And they don't think in terms of how is this gonna affect the larger strategy. They think in terms of the nuts and bolts of building something very complex. Gotcha. They are no less intelligent. In fact, a lot of them are a lot smarter than I am. 
but they think entirely differently. And when I'm leading them, I need to adjust how I lead and how I how I process these kind of conversations as well. Yeah, I mean, I have two people on my team, and and look, I I am an eight on the Enneagram. I I think future. Uh, I just I can't help it. Um, and I my number one strength, according to Strengths Finder, is strategy. And so in my mind, my brain naturally thinks, oh, here are the five steps to get from A to Z, right? Not everybody thinks that way, and I didn't realize that until just a few years ago. And I found myself frustrated with people because they. They seem like they weren't getting it, but I realize it's up to me to help them get it. And I'm always thinking about what's next. I want to improve things now. I want to paint a picture of what the future could and should look like and sort of try to cast vision on how to get there. Uh, and even after all these years, I sometimes don't do a good job of that. I have two people on my staff right now that are, they're incredible contributors, but they have a real strong need for clarity. And I've realized this is, a, this is actually a really good gift for me. They do get frustrated and they're in my office going, we don't understand where we're going. What's the vision? Why are we doing this? It's and so good for you. It's so, it, it's painful. <laughs> right. it's, it's painful. It's, it's like uh, our friend Ryan recently uh, was teaching and he talked about this concept of, ouch, that helps. We were used to saying, ouch, that hurts, <laughs> that hurts but right? ouch, that helps. I've had to come to grips with that, that, that it's, the reason it's frustrating to me sometimes when they come to me and ask that question isn't that they asked me that question. It's that I didn't, I'm recognizing I didn't do a good enough job explaining it. It's up to us as leaders to be as crystal clear as we can. And I will say to you leaders that are listening, you maybe are the visionary, you're the catalyst, all those sorts of things. And you have people that come to you and say, I don't understand. I don't get it. You've got to work really, really hard not to take that personally or to vilify that person because they're placed into your life to demand clarity because your organization depends on it. In an, in an aligning conversation, if you want an aligning conversation to go wrong, be ambiguous. If you want it to go well, you got to get clear. Oh, I love that. Hey, it's Rob. Having a hard conversation about behavior, performance, or alignment is something that most of us leaders fear. And because we fear it, we put it off, especially the difficult conversations. Lead, Build, Live has put together a course called Aligning Conversations that includes seven great coaching videos, reusable worksheets, and a guide that will give you the confidence you need to get that hard conversation on your calendar and do a great job with it. Check it out at leadbuildlive.com slash align. This process of aligning conversations is a process that's going to dig as deep into the leader's thoughts and actions and mm. beliefs as it is into the uh, the listener or the or the person on the other side of the conversation into their thoughts and actions and beliefs 100%. So it's a it's a process that would certainly work both ways and to help leaders maybe reflect on whether or not they're ready to even have an aligning conversation. I wanted to ask you a few questions, Larry. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So Well, before you do that, I just want to say okay. I want to say one more thing about that. I think you just made a point, a great point that I, I'm really passionate actually about what you just said. Anytime you have a conversation with somebody about a difficult thing, part of the work of being a leader is having the courage to look inside first and ask, am I looking objectively at the issue or am I letting my past, my baggage, my hurts, my past woundedness, you know, whatever it might be, uh, color this conversation? Because I know that I've had these conversations before when I was not healthy and it wounded people because I was projecting my own pain into this conversation. It's a cop out friends. When you, when you go, well, that's just how I am. I'm just wired that way. No, no, no. 
that's you not taking responsibility for who you are and your own journey. How can you say to someone that you're leading, um, I want to hold you accountable and you not be willing to look at yourself first. So I think any good leader, when they approach an aligning conversation, they've got to make sure they're looking at, is my baggage coloring this in some way? Do I have, am I conditioned in some way to respond? Is this triggering anything in me? That's why I think taking a beat before just jumping into that is so important so that you can see the issue objectively. You could separate emotion from, from facts and you can be honest and say, look, I mean, I've even said to people before in these conversations, I fully recognize there's a part of this that is frustrating to me because of something that happened to me in my own past or because someone didn't do a good job having a conversation with me. I mean, I can count on that moment of honesty frames that conversation and brings it, gets your feet back on the ground and lets you have the right perspective going in, which is going to just create a better outcome coming out. Yes. Yep. Totally. I love it. Let's let's give our listeners something practical to yep. think about. I want them to think about whether or not they're ready. So maybe there's people listening right now that need to have a hard conversation. They're they're maybe they're looking at some training for this hard conversation, hopefully aligning conversations. But regardless, are you even ready to have this hard conversation? Mm, that's a really good question. So first of all, gut check. Are you afraid to put that meeting on the calendar? Have you seen this? Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, it goes back to what we said earlier. Nobody wants to, to upset someone else. No one wants to hurt anybody else. I think also if we don't have a process to follow, right. I think that's sort of the, the underlying reason for the symptoms of fear here is, is either a, I, someone had a hard conversation with me in the past and it didn't go well and it hurt. And so I'm afraid to do the same thing. Number two, I did it in the past and I didn't do it well oh, and no. it hurt yeah. and I'm afraid to do it again. <laughs> Certainly. And, maybe, and maybe you even have a reputation as that leader. Like, Oh no, here comes Rob. He wants to have a hard conversation with me. It's like, Oh no. Um, the, the third reason is I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah, just a lack of a plan. It's just a lack of a plan. And so I think if you're asking yourself, uh, I, I, am I afraid to put this on If The answer to that question is yes. You got to do some digging and figure out why that is. Is it just because you don't know how, is it because you've done it and it didn't work? Um, or someone did it to you and it really hurt you. The truth is the whole reason we put this together for our friends uh, to go through is because we wanted to give them a plan to reduce the anxiety around it, to, to, to see it less as a disciplinary thing and more as a, as an opportunity to develop someone. That's a huge distinction, right? Mm -hmm. It's not discipline. It's not going back to that word correction. It's, it's development. I'm aligning you. I'm giving you an opportunity to grow. And so if you're able to see it, if you're afraid to put it on the calendar, figure out why and reframe why you're doing it. It's an opportunity to help them grow. All right. Second thing, second question to ask yourself is, did you prepare for the conversation? You covered that a little bit, but you know, have, what do leaders need to think about as they're preparing for the conversation? I mean, without going through the whole process, but just having a game plan, having something on paper to say, even body language, yeah. you know? Well, those are all really good good things to think about. I mean, I, I when I first started doing this, I would just doodle on a, a notepad. Now I use an iPad or something yeah. or uh, open up a document. But writing out some, here are some of the things I think is the issue. I'm trying to get really clear about that. That's, that's part of preparing. It's just doing some brainstorming around what's really going on. Um, I think also being very clear what you want to see. What I wanted to see was this, but what I actually saw was that. If you can't articulate what you wanted to see, 
it's going to go nowhere. You're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready. So part of repairing is doing that. I think also that gut check of, am I in a bad place? Am I in the ditch somehow? If so, maybe we should schedule it for another day. Hold right? off. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hold off. Warning signs. Right. Warning signs. If, you're, if your blood is boiling and you can hear it in your ears, maybe don't have the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, right then, right? I love that. The third one that I had for you, Larry, is... Do you know your role in following up on the hard conversation? So before you have it, you should not just prepare for the conversation. Oh, good question. But for what comes after. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't it be great if, it really wouldn't be great, but imagine a world where as a leader, you could go in and just bark, fix this, tweak that, this is what it needs to look like, and then you don't ever have to be involved in it again. But it's kind of like if, if you're training your kids to do um, something, and you don't ever follow up with them. You can't come back to them later and be mad that they didn't do it. You've got to train them. You've got to help them. It's part you of can be mad at them. I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm just, good at that. It's too. just not very intelligent. My kids would tell you. I also would yeah. get mad at them. <laughs> but but the, the truth is, part of your role, I think, in having these conversations is to see yourself as a partner and not as a punisher. And if you go, yeah. I am here to partner with you to help you come back into alignment and sustain that alignment. It's one thing to get them kind of back in alignment, but follow-up uh, helps sustain it. So you've got to go into this seeing your role in regards to follow-up as helping them sustain this over time. So discipline versus development mm. and partnership versus punishment. Totally. I love it. Okay, fourth thing. Is your mindset, you covered this already, but is your mindset in a good place to enter a hard conversation? Yeah. Don't ever do it under duress. That's never a recipe for success. Now, having said that, I will give sort of one out. Um, and I know I've used my kids as, as an example, but I'm a dad and that's a part of, that's one of the leadership roles that God's given me. If your child is walking out in, into the street and they're in a situation that could be potentially dangerous, like someone's coming to get them. I, I don't think it's like, well, let me think about it. I'm going to plan out my thoughts. You're just going to go get them off the street. So if you see someone on your team who's doing something that's so, it's dangerous for them, it could kill your organization, it it's, could really, really hurt them if you don't take immediate action. Sometimes you have to come in and say, you, you, I need you to stop this. I'm going to circle back later and we're going to talk about it, but you've, you've got to stop this. But you better hold that one close. Like I would only use that in, certain circumstances, extreme circumstances, but you may not, you may need to exercise that at some point to, um, so always make sure you've taken the time that you need to be in a good mindset. If it's dangerous, if they're about to do something that's dangerous or very hurtful to them, you might have to intervene. You might not have time, but the, the chances of that actually being the case are very slim. It's very rare that that's the case. Most of the time when we do this very quickly, it's just because we don't feel good. It's stressful to us or we're not happy or we're frustrated when we dive in and we're not in a good mindset and someone ends up getting hurt. Yeah, which has long-term ramifications on your organization as well. Well, and, and your, your credibility. Is, yeah, credibility. totally. Mm -hmm. All right, Larry. So to wrap this up, tell me, I want to ask you, what is the heart behind creating a resource around aligning conversations? Not the practical, but what, what is your heart behind it? What are you hoping people will get or be able to do? My hope is that leaders will be able to engage in this with confidence that they're doing it well. They're doing it in the right way, number one. Um, with the right mindset or the right posture, number two, and that the outcome that they're looking for is more than just do this thing 
exactly the way I want you to do it. That the outcome, that they'll see that there's part of being a good steward as a leader is helping invest and develop other people. And so it, I'm hoping that by going through some of the resources we've created around aligning conversations, leaders would feel empowered to do it well, and they would define well as helping the other person grow into the leader or the person that they were created to be, not just okay. to, to do the little thing that I need them to do. Not just the organizational outcomes. Absolutely. If I think every leader should should make it their goal that if someone on their team leaves for whatever reason, that person would be able to say, man, I grew a lot when I was at this company or this church or this nonprofit, that they invested in my development as a person. And I, I think that's so important. That's what this is. It's, it's a development opportunity. If you're trying to go into an aligning conversation to make you feel better, you shouldn't do it. If you're going into it with the goal of helping that other person be better, that's a, that's a good place to be. And that's what I hope leaders walk away with is a, is a turnkey. Here's how I do it. I have confidence and do it in a way that, that brings life and not death. Larry, thank you so much. What a great conversation yeah, about aligning conversations. So how can people find out more about the aligning conversations course? Yeah. How do they get a hold of that and get a hold of you? Yeah, so we put together a course. It has, um, a bunch, I think, five or six or seven coaching videos. It has a workbook. It has downloadable templates. Literally, we have scripts of sample aligning conversations and a bunch of other resources. And uh, you can find out more about that at leadbuildlive.com slash align. It'll tell you all about what you get. Um, it's really affordable, too. And it's a one-time investment. You get it for life. So buy this, go through it. You can go, go through it in a couple of hours um, and, uh, and it will transform your leadership. I, I, this is one of those sort of skills that every leader needs to know how to do well and most don't. And we're trying to solve that. We're trying to fix that. So again, leadbuildlive.com slash align. You can go check out more about that there. All right, everyone. So for, for you listeners that are new to the Lead, Build, Live community, you can join our community, not just on this podcast, but if you go to leadbuildlive.com slash community, we have additional ways for you to get connected. We have our private Facebook group. Mm -hmm. We have opportunities for coaching. We have opportunities for retreats in the future. And so check us out at leadbuildlive.com and leadbuildlive.com slash community. One other thing I just wanted to say is that one thing we do on our podcast that we're very committed to being practical and actionable. And one resource that we provide is that literally on every single episode, we have sort of a mini workbook to help you take what you've heard and actually do something with it. We don't want to just give you ideas and expect you to try to figure out how to implement it. So we have worksheets that we create for every single episode. And for this episode, this is episode number three, we have a page that you can go to. You can, you can see some of the things we talked about. You can get links to learn more about aligning conversations and some other tools around that. Um, and you can also download a workbook that's free, looks nice. It's helpful. It's got helpful questions where you can actually work through some of the things that we've talked about today. And you can find that at leadbuildlive.com slash zero zero three. Highly encourage you to do that. It's free. Go grab that as well. That's going to help you actually take a step in the right direction as you try to move toward having healthy aligning conversations. Thanks again, Larry. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I will see you soon.